Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm just fine. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Did you? I did. How about you? Well, I did. It was really nice. Um, It was a beautiful day. We were in Philadelphia, and it was just a lovely day. It was very nice. We did a phenomenal dinner on Christmas Eve. And then uh, Christmas morning, we opened all of our gifts. And then my niece and, um, and her main squeeze took off for New Jersey to go and visit his side of the family. My nephew and his main squeeze left and went to visit her side of the family in New Jersey. So I said to Patrick, I think it's time for us to go home too. <laughs> so, so that my sister can have some well-deserved time off. Uh-huh. She did a lot of preparation and made a phenomenal meal. So that's what we did. We had a leisurely uh, drive home yeah. and spent the afternoon just hanging out, doing some things, watching TV. It was good. Yeah. So how are things with you? Good. It must we, have been a little difficult. Yeah, it was. Um, kind of somber. Mm-hmm. Um but, at, you know, later at my sister's. Yeah. And that's where my mom was, you know, when um, she lived with Barbara. <clears throat> so, um, you know, she was there up until she we had moved her to the hospice unit and hospice of the Sacred Heart unit, inpatient unit. And um, so that's a little weird when you walk in because you kind of expect to see her. Yeah. Um, so that was a little, my two cousins, both of my f- cousins who come every year were both, one of them was really sick. She was up all night with a 24 hour virus. And so my other cousin said, I don't think it's a good idea if I come because I, which we were happy, not that they weren't there. Yep. We wanted them yep. there, but no spreading of that germ because that's yes. going around. <clears throat> so sure it was a little, there were three less people, four less people counting my mother. So it was a little, little different. Um, but it, you know, you did do what you have to do for your children. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and then of course in the morning I always do my mimosas and blueberry um, bread pudding and candied bacon, and which Tommy made. 
And that was delicious. And my brother Jimmy and his wife Donna and three of their children, Timmy, Jack, and Mary Kate, stopped over in the morning. So that was fun. It was lively. And, you know, my nephew's only, the little guy's only 10. So that was a little, a lot of energy bouncing in the door. And was he uh, still believing in Santa Claus? Oh, yeah. Claus? Yep. Right oh. at the end. He's right there at the end. Wow. Uh huh. <laughs> so he just, so that was, you know, so that was the day. And then we spent, Tommy did a lot of the cooking, so that was happened. That was going on during the day, and then we went to Barbara's, and then got home, and you okay. know, just and then you're like, Whew. yeah, yeah, right. And so didn't you take someone to the airport? And yesterday? then yesterday, I took Tommy back because he left the day after Christmas, which of course we're taping on Thursday. And so he, I had the day with him, and then he went. He, I dropped him off about quarter to five. So he's gone now. Um, you dropped back him off where? At Avoca. Oh, he went from there. Mm-hmm. Avoca to Chicago, and Chicago to San Fran. Okay. And, and and I'm sure you heard from him that he got I did okay. not. And I told him, Tommy, text me when you get in. He said, Mom, it'll be 3 o'clock in the morning your time. I said, I don't care. I still, to this minute, have not gotten a text. <laughs> so, you know the old line? No news is good. Hopefully. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, um, I think it's a safe bet that he's there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but we had a lot of fun. They, it was good to have them. Um, T- Sean, of course, is here for a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but it was good to have them around. And that's, um, good. that's nice. Yeah. So we it was it was in that for that part it was very good. We had fun things and good things. And um, my sister had given Barb my Barbara my sister gave the boys. My mother had bought them a, um, each a pair of Christmas socks. And so Barbara gave them on Christmas night, which she said, don't get spooked by it. But Grandma already had those. So, and they're adorable. They were cute. That's nice. And I give my sock, my kids socks every year, some like a couple pair in their stocking because I just love, my kids love funky socks. So I can always get away with it. And Tommy's like, mom, we get socks every year. I go get rid of the ones from last year then and use these all year. (laughs) Well, do they wear them? Oh, yeah. yeah. They're funky socks. I mean, well, like, like, I mean, funky in the sense that, like, I was on Uncommon Goods this year to get oh, a couple okay. things, and I yes. bought Tommy um, the City of Paris. So there was, there's a, it's like a pretty blue with a, a white Eiffel Tower, mm-hmm. and Sean, I got the New York, the DC transit system is printed on a sock and then I got it not in company like Tommy I got blue and white and purple and white little skinny stripe and then a polka dot pair and Sean I got basketballs and a polka dot and another stripe so you know things like that oh and then for Meyer which I just love and I love this story um years and years ago when we first started to date um he his in his mother's house there's this big pretty stained glass window and it had a really deep window sill mm-hmm. and on the window sill the one day i noticed was on the landing of the steps were all of these plastic toy soldiers. There were like maybe seven, eight, maybe nine of them. 
and that you know some of them were bigger and they were like that that taupey color and some were green and some were brown and they were made really nicely because of course years ago they were made bigger and nicely anyway his mom kept those toy soldiers out on that windowsill because the kids used to he used to play with toy soldiers so Mm -hmm. she always kept them out which I thought was an adorable thing that she had them so toy soldiers have become when I saw that I kind of teared up because I thought that is really neat that she would leave those little things all positioned nicely on that windowsill, obviously, in, in, you know, in honor of her boys. And so I bought him one year, I bought him a pack of green army guys. And I have five, I have like seven of them out on my bookshelf in my living room. But just the little guys, they're not made anywhere near the level yes. that they used to be. But anyway, so on, on common goods, what do I see? Socks with toy soldiers, blue, oh. real dark navy socks with toy green toy shoulders. So I put that in Meyer stocking and he's like, oh my God. Like, I think that was the, like, he, he was more touched by that. He said, tell your kids the story of the, the toy soldiers. So that's what we talk about but they were so cute but that website is cool it is yeah a lot of really neat just neat things little you gotta you know spread it around shop local yeah and you know shop different well so i I was surprised that my sister actually had a stocking for me this year because i never you know didn't do that and what she put in there um, a bag of um, Dove dark chocolate promises uh-huh. for me. And for Patrick, he got something else. I forget what it was. But it, they just, it was really nice. I love the stockings are my favorite. This year, yeah. I was able to be a little more, I thought, of, I don't even know how I did, I guess, because I did a lot of it online when I was sitting with my mother or whatever I was rolling, scrolling yeah. through and got a couple things that I really wasn't thinking of or that I didn't put the thought into because stockings, when I was a kid, there was always like, you know, a ring. I remember I got my, for my 16th birthday that year, I got this beautiful amethyst ring and things that, um, that were, like my mother would put like one of the nice little things that we, instead of opening, it would be in your stocking. So I always loved to go to my stocking to see what that one special thing was going to be. Yeah. Other than, you know, goodies and stuff like that, things you like. And I I think yes. it's great when you get a stocking filled with things that people know you like. Yeah, it's. It, I had mixed feelings about the stocking thing because I, it used to be like you said, you know, there was always one gift uh-huh. that was really special that they kept aside. And then after a while, it didn't happen like that. And the, the stockings were still there, but they had things in them, you know, like stuff that you could certainly live without. But they were just... Like candies and stuff. See, I like all that, though. I like things that remind me that you know that I like them like years when I could eat licorice red licorice would be and you know things and I would put them in Sean's stocking he can't eat it either now because there's flour of course and in, in, in licorice right. but things like you know certain I didn't get anything in there that was and I did I bought two candy canes each three candy canes and two big non-parel lollipops do you think I put I kept them I forgot to keep them out and they never went in the stocking <laughs> now I don't they don't my kids don't even like peppermint but I like the candy cane hanging outside of the stocking yes. which is what I usually do and forgot all about them 
I just remember there's something we got every year, and I don't know when this Coal? started. No, no, no. <laughs> but that's what my sister gave <laughs> Saint. Yeah, oh, did she? <laughs> I love it. It was a big chunk of coal, flattened, of anthracite or whatever the other one is. Flattened coal that had um, kind of fossil things on it. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, "What is this? You got coal for Christmas?" Uh huh. He, he was said, a bad boy. I guess. I don't know. Or maybe it was a rock. Charlie Brown. Go ahead. So, that, but we always got. I don't know An if you orange. remember them. Well, that was always stuffed in the bottom. Yeah, to the toe, to toe, right, right. In the toe, yeah. But um, the other thing was we always got, a, they were um, a box that looked like a book of Lifesavers. Okay. And you opened up the box. And, and all different all flavors. Different yeah, flavors I love it. There. Now, I don't know when that started, but that was just something that we always got. All of us got that every yeah. year in our stockings. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of us really liked them that much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, now's yeah, a fine time. You had to have them. It was just part of the routine. And I was just thinking about all that, uh, all those things we did as kids when I was thinking about Christmas this year because my cousin... Lee Carr, who um, uh, I don't know if you know, Michael. Michael's very much involved. Was involved a lot. Of I politics. met Lee. I met her. Yeah. Well, thing is, she goes to Covenant, right? Yes. Yeah. You, and I, she and Michael are very much um, standards at that church. But one of the things that was true is that this year they were grandparents twice in the year. And so there's a whole new world now of what you do on Christmas. You know, I know. Grandkids. Pretty soon that'll be for you, too. And well, I, so I'm saying is that I just remember when we were the kids, when um, Lee and Diane, Billy and I, and then Tabby later on, when we were kids, what we did for Christmas. And it was just kind of funny to think about all of that relative now to what are the new traditions they're going to create for their grandchildren. Because uh-huh. it's a whole new thing. Yeah. Now, these are both obviously newborns. And, you know, there's not much you can do. No, exactly. But in the future, there's going to be things, you know, that you'll want to do. And I just wonder how much of what we did would be carried on. I don't know. Hopefully it is. I don't know. Because you never know. We need to take a quick break. I know, quick break. And we'll we'll be right back. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. Hi, my name is Lynn S. Evans, CFP, co-host of The Laurie and Lynn Show. I am the managing director of a new business, Women of Substance, LLC, a financial planning firm dedicated to the specific financial needs of baby boomer women. I help them navigate through widowhood, retirement, divorce, and job loss. Send me an email at lynn at lynnsevans.com and let me know how I can help you. I'm also the host of a podcast, Power of the Purse, available on more than 30 sites, including iTunes, Stitch and Google Play. We record these lively conversations with women who've been there and have great advice to give others so they don't go down the same dark holes. And we feature some experts who share some great ideas to be prepared before you have to face these transitions. And we have a whole lot of fun. Please don't let the fear of not knowing about personal finances stop you anymore. I am here to take the confusion and mystery out of money. Go to my website, lynnsevans.com and see how we can set up a time to talk or browse around the many blogs and other free info on the site. Remember, money's not the enemy. Your ignorance of it is. Do you have a support, custody, or divorce case in Northeastern Pennsylvania? Call Barbara J. O'Hara, an attorney with 31 years of experience in divorce, custody, and support cases. You need an attorney who is experienced in family law cases, not a general practitioner. Call Barbara J. O'Hara at 570-344-7171. 
This may be your first divorce, but it shouldn't be your attorney's. You need experience on your side. Call Barbara J. O'Hara at 570-344-7171. ERA, Exceptional Real Estate Agents. When you want to have the best of the best selling your home, you want ERA One Source Realty. With offices all over Northeastern Pennsylvania, ERA One Source Realty will give you the personalized service you'd expect from a professional real estate company. They have experienced realtors that have years of experience, which gives you, the home seller, an incredible advantage. They will offer suggestions to make your house sell faster. They will tell you what others will be looking for. They know how to present your home and sell its features, giving you the greatest chance to have your house sell fast. And ERA One Source Realty offers an industry-exclusive guarantee. If ERA doesn't sell your house, ERA will buy it. Yes, if they don't sell your house, ERA will buy it. That's peace of mind. That's a guarantee worth its weight in gold. Call ERA One Source Realty today and find out how you can have your house marketed by one of the top-rated companies in Northeastern Pennsylvania. Call 877-587-SELL or on the web at ERA1.com. ERA One Source Realty, always there for you. I'm Dr. Nicole DeNova. Since VREC opened its doors in 2010, we've treated over 30,000 patients, including the puppy whose curiosity led him to a porcupine and the police canine who was just doing his job. VREC is located at 318 Northern Boulevard in Clark Summit and is open 24-7 for your pet peace of mind. To learn more about us, visit VRECPA.com or call 570-587-7777. Here's Lori and Lynn. Okay, welcome back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of a company called Women of Substance LLC, which is a financial planning firm designed specifically for the financial planning needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. And that's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And we got lots to talk about today. I think I, I think I must say something about the stock market. I know. How about it, Lynn? It's not really something I wanted to say anything about because by the time you're listening to this, there will be there will have been two more trading days in the year, and I have no idea what it's going to end up with on Friday, but that will be, um, for most people, it will be the last day of the year because Monday is a half day, so it's almost like not worth talking about. But anyway... Um, we all know that craziness has been going on ever since last week. So I just thought that I would read something that I sent out to my clients with some other pieces around it. But fundamentally, um, this is how it, I think you should take a look at it. Uh, remember that the stock market prices stocks as a reflection of what it believes a company's value will be in about six months from now. So if we do the numbers, and I'm talking about multiplying price-to-earnings ratio times a lot of other things, I'm not going to get into all that, then the current prices are on target. They could go lower before we get there, but there are reasons to believe that once we get past the next six months, the possibility is there for an increase in stock prices and values. Except the fact that there will be lots of ups and downs in the, on an intraday basis and during the weeks and months. This market turndown is not unexpected and is kind of necessary to set the ship right. Please ignore the banner headlines on the likes of CNBC and Bloomberg 
comparing the current prices to, quote, the worst day, month, quarter since the Great Recession, end quote. That all goes away with the closing prices of the following day, and then they make a new comparison. Did it get your attention? That's what it was designed to do. Let's take a look at the things that will affect those prices and fuel a gyrating ride. First, no one anticipated that the Fed would raise interest rates. But remember, they are an independent entity whose existence is not controlled by politics. There are a bunch of highly trained economists who look at various economic indicators and make a dispassionate decision about whether to raise the rates. Their main goal is to affect the rise of inflation. Separately, all the bank's CEOs confirmed the ready availability of cash for lending to businesses and people. No one will be left out in the cold, so businesses can borrow money for expansion and employment opportunities if they want to. Historically, the borrowing rates are still low. Secondly, the price of oil is down. The U.S. has surpassed Saudi Arabia, Russia, and other countries in the production of oil and natural gas. So the cost to us is much less than it was. I'm sure you've seen that at the gas pumps and in your heating bills. This is a good sign. Thirdly, the current shutdown of the federal government, although it only affects less than a third of the employees, is a very in-your-face reminder of the disharmony and discord that is Washington, D.C. No economy can thrive when its government can't govern. This will be an ongoing issue for the stock market unless it is resolved. Fourth, the impending effect of tariffs on the price of American goods sold. Many of top stocks in the market have a significant percentage of their revenue based on sales of their products and services outside the U.S. They, f they fear these tariffs, although they may agree with them in concept, they will have a negative impact on their revenue for the year. And at this point, it's unclear what those other countries will do to raise their prices on goods and services we buy in this country. Our current trade deficit is in the neighborhood of $56 billion and could get much worse if the countries who import our goods and services tack a higher tariff to compensate for the new tariffs we will impose. Stay tuned on this one. Fifth, the unemployment rate is at historic lows. There are not enough declared unemployed to fill the open position. This is actually good news for the economy, but bad news for potential employers. If they cannot find the help they need to expand, their businesses will suffer. Good for working Americans, not so good for American employers. There are certainly other factors mentioned here, but I think you get the message. We have so many internal and external issues, some of which contradict the others, that it makes for a big, messy stew. And we do know that these factors mentioned are always moving. The facts and figures change on an hourly basis. And then I went on to say to the clients that if, you know, they had some questions to give me a call. But I think those pieces are very important for people to understand what's behind all this. And is it something that, that will start to look like the Great Recession? And the answer is no, it's not. But there may be some outside influences that could do some serious damage. Like, I don't know if anybody heard about it. It was yesterday, I believe, that Russia... Um, declared that they had created a new kind of weapon 
that goes undetected for most radar and I don't know how many times the speed of sound and they can reach the United States. Now that happened late in the afternoon. So I just wanted to know that, you know, I don't know where that's going to all settle in because when the um, the generals and the, the people that were involved in the armed forces in our country were asked about this, they said point blank, when do you think we will have something that will compete with that? The answer was 2023. That's five years away. A lot of stuff can happen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we are back in an arms race once again. So I'm just saying that there are things like that that pop up every day. We don't know. But, I mean, as far as looking at the fundamentals of what's going on, we, there is no reason to believe that it would be the same as it was in the Great Recession. However, external forces and government disruption could take a toll on this that you can't plot anywhere and make any predictions. Does that mean you should get out of the market? No. Good Hopefully time. not. <laughs> good time to buy. I mean, that's just the way I look at it. It's a good time to buy. So, anyway, if you can't stand the heat, you got to get out of the kitchen. <laughs> I, I know that. But I'm just saying that I think um, there's really not much that can happen based on the fundamentals of this country that would put us, put us back into that kind of a 50% loss like we had when in we 2008 yeah uh, you can say me the famous last words you know i we can only go on on what we know and what has happened in the past and we have to use that to inform the future not necessarily guarantee it there we are uh-huh. the well, oracle people were walked. smiling <laughs> People were smiling and traders were screaming. And yesterday, yeah. yes. Yeah, yesterday was a great but day. But something, something just happened like recently in the stock market that was the highest day ever, like a couple months ago or something. Yeah, and when so, it hit the, the highest point. The and now it's higher 000. than that. No, now it's less than that. But the thing is, it was the highest. Um, what was the? It went what, up uh, over a thousand points okay. yesterday. All right, and that's, that's what it was. What, what was record setting. Okay. That in that one day trading. And now we find out that much of that trading was not because there was new money coming into the market. It was more of what we call covering um, some shorts, which is just a trading a game you play. Well, they, weren't they saying because of the stronger than expected holiday shopping? Yes, that was the story so that's, in the morning. Yeah. So but then it wasn't the end. That's not the truth. Uh, no, it was the truth that helped. Because a lot of the retail stocks really went up from okay. that. But the market in general went up because there were a lot of people covering short calls on Lovely. some things. So, you know, it, um, it wasn't real. It wasn't new money. It wasn't people mm-hmm. coming back into the market. It was mm-hmm. people that were already there. What's Warren Buffett game. saying? That's what I want to know. I don't know. He hasn't been speaking much. I love him. I do, too. I, I respect that man immensely. Uh. And I think that what he's done is really great. Oh, wonderful. So, anyway. Um, two people, too, I have to say. Um, uh, a friend of mine passed away um, while she was one of my first bosses, Marilyn Scaramuzzo. Oh, yeah, I saw yeah. that. Yeah, and so I stopped over to visit um, on at Tommy Hughes's place on uh, St. Anne Street last night. And... Um, 
so that was a little hard because she was, you know, she, she, I was a young kid when I started working at the bank and Third National and she was one of my first bosses and she just, she was very good to me. So I will always remember that. And I mean, we had our struggles too, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but she was very good to me. One instance, I was telling Mary Jean about it the, last night and you just never forget those kind things. And then, of course, the our dear, lovely friend, Ann Moskovitz, who yeah. my heart breaks. I didn't realize she was 91 either. I didn't either. I knew she was in, uh, last time I knew of it, she was in her late 80s. But I forgot that kind of time passes. <laughs> yeah. There you go. She was incredible. And and Leo, um, when I used to see them at Scanlon's together, yeah. um, I mean, he, I think they, he died in 2014. I mm-hmm. think they said he was almost 110 years old. Yeah. My God. Yep. And he was as sharp as a tackling. Ate, he ate said. like a champ. When I would see them at Scanlon's, he'd eat. He'd have the macaroni and cheese or whatever. And then he would, he would sit there and eat it all and just be so interested in whatever you had to say. Yeah. I, that old, my favorite line that he always just said, he was like interviewed by the Scranton Times um, a long time, and I think he was in his in his, well over a hundred. And they said, "What's the um, the greatest thing about being your age?" And he said, "No peer pressure." <laughs> that's so Isn't true. that great? I love that. Yeah, that's this is great. a great line. Great line. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from WILK's Morning News with Webster and Nancy. And I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden. And more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd, open doors, and build and nurture relationships. With Laurie Cadden Enterprises, you get, ta-da, Laurie Cadden and her 20-plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399, 357-8399, or email Laurie, Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at lauriecadden.com, L-A-U-R-I-E-C-A-D-D-E-N.com. Laurie Cadden Enterprises, because it is who you know. Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Plugnett, MD of Advanced Gynecology Associates in Scranton. I've had the occasion to work with many women in my 25 years as a gynecologist. And while I enjoy that experience, I also specialize in helping women to have a better quality of life before, during, and after menopause. I believe it requires a personal touch. I get to know my patients, and I personally strive to make the normal process of menopause as easy as possible beyond resorting to traditional hormone replacement therapy. If you're a woman thinking, this is only happening to me, know that you're not alone. If you have questions, concerns, need personalized attention, please come and talk with me. I'm here to help you. There's no need to suffer with menopausal symptoms. You can reach me at my office in Scranton by a phone number 570-344-9997, or you can find us on the web at Dr. Barbara Plucknett, that's B-A-R-B-A-R-A-P-L-U-C-K-N-E-T-T dot com. 
At Fidelity Bank, we're here whenever and wherever you need us. As your financial partner, our goal is to provide you trusted advice and outstanding service, whether you're in line at our branches or online with your smartphone, mobile device, or computer. With convenient banking tools like our Fidelity mobile app, you can put the bank right in your pocket for safe, secure, 24-7 access anytime or anywhere. Call today, 1-800-388-4380. Visit us online or stop by your local branch to Go Mobile with Fidelity Anytime Banking. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. We're back. We're back. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I am Lynn Evans. I am managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. We are a financial planning firm uh, specifically working with baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And anybody else we want to talk about? Mm. Well, I mean in a good way. You know, any shout outs? I, you know, people did tell me they listen and I can't remember who it is. Yeah, I do the same thing. And then I think a bunch of people recently (laughs) told me that. Yeah. Yeah. We were somewhere, weren't we? Well, Pat Sam and I saw Pat on Christmas Eve. I went to St. Peter's Cathedral, my church, for a four o'clock mass it was absolutely beautiful. And um, I walked in with the Salmon family and sat with them. Sean got there right before the mass started and jumped in the pew. And um, he said, I love the story you told about your mother. <laughs> uh, <did laughs> about the, yeah. Mm-hmm. What she thought she heard. So, yeah, so he was telling me. But so many other people have said, I listened to your show. And I and women and men recently. It was just like a, a nice mixture. So all of you out there, we'd like to thank you at this time of the year for listening and um, giving us feedback um, about the show. And just for paying attention for the last nine years. And as we approach... 2019, we are entering our 10th year on the radio, on the radio, and we, (laughs) I couldn't help myself. And so thank you for that, because it's just gotten better and better every year. We are grateful for our sponsors staying with us, and um, we're on for another year. Like it or not, we are there. Yeah. If you don't, just don't listen to us. That's right. Turn the channel. Uh, Not. Yeah, but thank you so much. We appreciate it all, and just keep listening. That's what we say. So, do you have any New Year's resolutions? I hate New Year's resolutions. I don't do any. I never ever ever do any because I think it's stupid. Yeah, and if you're going to live your life according to that, yeah, we all know just because it's another day, another year, they're done by March. Yeah, you're finished with it. Just do it and don't beat yourself up if you don't. You know, like I'd like to tell you, I'd like to read more. And go to the movies more. That sounds good to me. Yeah. I would love to go to the movies aren't more. They, aren't they too nice? They are. Yeah, so you they know? don't always have to be crazy. Like, I'm never going to eat candy again, potato chips, pasta. I'm never going to eat any of this stuff again. I'm going to go to the gym 10 times a day for the rest of my life. Like, set nice, attainable goals, right? Yes. Right. I mean, going to the gym is great. Do it. Yeah. Eating better is great too, but you know, just well, you easy, know that what easy does it. Is that every uh, now w- when the calendar page 
turns the week yeah. into January. Mm -hmm. We are going to be bombarded with ads on television about weight loss uh, and gyms. Loss I know. And gyms. I was and paying attention to that. Uh, I know. Please. And then that dies off after a couple of weeks. It you for, forget. And then there's never anything on again except except um, what's it called? Pan Planet uh, Fitness. Yes. Yeah, occasionally you have those. That. Or when people get towards May or something and they think about bathing their suit time. Beach bodies. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Ah. There you go. Like we got one of those, right? Oh God. <laughs> How about it's the same body you got all year That's round? That's right. How about we just happy we have a body? Yeah, yeah. There, there, we, there go. you go. There you go. Well, so it works. Speaking of all those silly things that people do, you know, everybody starts talking now about they're going to do a budget for the next year. A what? That, that word. A what? Yeah, a budget. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't talk about budgets. those. And this is an interesting thing because I love this idea. And you what will is it? too. Okay. It's called Why I Like Spending Plan Better Than Budget. budget. Yeah, that sounds Does that, that gives sound you good? permission to spend. Exactly. Uh-huh. So this it's woman, a psychological I, twist. There. It is, and it's important. And the woman who wrote this, um, Miranda Mar Marquit, I think I would say probably Marquis, but I really hate the word budget. Of course, like so many things in life, my aversion to the word budget has more to do with my own personal baggage than any real problem with the word itself. Yep. In the case of the word budget, my personal finance baggage is quite heavy. When I'm talking about how I manage my money, I prefer <laughs> to use the phrase spending plan. It seems, I think, to convey a better sense of control and purpose. I know that a spending plan is really just another budgeting technique, but I feel better about it anyway. One of the biggest issues I have with the concept of budgets is the restriction factor. Uh -huh. I know that as a personal finance blogger, who this woman is, I'm supposed to be okay with cutting back, but I really don't like the idea of enforced restrictions on my spending, even when I'm the one creating the restrictions with a budget. My personal money style is that of a spender, and a budget cramps my style. Uh -huh. To me, budgets are all about limitations. With a budget, I try to set a limit on different categories of spending. Once I hit that limit, I'm supposed to be done. There's no spontaneity, unless, of course, I budget that in too. But it seems kind of pointless to budget in what's supposed to be fun, spontaneous spending. <laughs> After Defeats a while, the, the budget starts to chafe. You feel restricted and you start to feel a little bit harried, forced to count every penny and possibly pinch each penny as well. It's exhausting. And in my case, it sucks the joy right out of my spending money. Instead, with a spending plan, I find there's a lot more flexibility. Just because I don't like budgeting and I like spending doesn't mean that I ignore the basics of good financial practices. Instead, I plan some of my spending ahead of time to make sure that my most important funding priorities are met. Before I spend on entertainment, recreation, dining out, and travel, I make sure that the essentials are covered. My funding priorities include tithing to my church, charitable donations, monthly obligations, and she covers that as mortgage, insurance, premiums, utility, groceries, etc. Retirement account, emergency fund, 
effort to build dividend income portfolio, which I don't really agree with, but that's her thing. Long-term spending goals like vacation, car down payment, home improvements, etc. As far as I'm concerned, once those funding priorities are met, other spending categories don't matter. I automate most of my funding priorities so that all is taken care of without conscious effort and recorded in my personal finance software. There's no need to pre-plan how much money I can spend eating out or going to the movies. I don't have to hold off on buying sale price camping gear just because it's not in the budget for the month as long as I don't go beyond my means. There's no need for a formalized restriction on spending categories. Another difference I see between budgets and spending plans is that one's, one seems reactive while the other is more proactive. To me, a budget seems reactive. It's as if you're on the financial defensive, cutting spending and trying to avoid overspending in each category. It's a position that seems to encourage a lack of control. In my mind, having a budget is a lot like being at the mercy of your money. On the other hand, a spending plan evokes feelings of purposeful spending. That's a good word. Mm -hmm. Purposeful spending. I like that. In my mind, a spending plan is about taking charge of my finances and directing my money. I can choose the way I direct my resources, planning to fund my most important priorities. It just seems more positive to focus efforts on creating a spending plan that puts you squarely in charge of your financial destiny. Rather than thinking, I can't only do this much this month, as a budget encourages you to think, a spending plan allows you to say, I'm going to do this with my money. Perhaps it's not a big difference, but it reveals a lot about the mindset. With the budget mindset, money is always scarce. Even if money isn't scarce in your situation, the budget mindset seems to set up financial scarcity since you know there's a cap on what you can spend in certain categories. <clears throat> Excuse me. Your spending plan, though, indicates that you have some sort of direction and purpose for at least some of your spending. It implies that you have the money to meet your goals and that you are in charge of your money habits, deciding where your resources should be no used next. So many might say that there is little to choose between a budget and a spending plan. To me, though, spending plan is preferable. What mm -hmm. do you think? I like it. I do too. I, it's the mindset. It is. That's it all is it is. Mindset. It's just with anything else. Yeah. It's just that not feeling like she said that you only have a certain amount to put in certain categories. And once you're done, you're finished. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything else. And the fact is month to month, it's never going to be like that. There's never, there's some of the things like a mortgage payment or a loan or car loan or whatever, taxes, those are set. But it's all the other things that you don't, I mean, what you spend on utilities in the wintertime is very different than what you spend in the summertime. Or it's because maybe in the spring and the fall, it's very different because you don't have the heat on or the air conditioning. Right, right. So these numbers have got to change. They've got to be fluid. And I think that when you set up a budget and you get to the end of the month and you say, oh, I overspent by $400, you did because you're supposed to. 
in that particular time frame, maybe it cost you a lot of money, or maybe it was Christmas time, or maybe it was something that you had unexpected expenses for. But then the next two months, you could find yourself $400 surplus. Mm -hmm. It all works itself out. Yeah. But I think the idea is that as long as you are not using your credit cards as an extension of your income, you're fine. Nothing wrong with using credit cards, but when it becomes something that you have to do in order to make ends meet, then you got a problem because that's a spiral downward. Yeah. Sometimes it happens, though. I know. I know. But God that's knows. Living proof. Here you go. Well, yeah, but then you get yourself back on Yeah, I know. We got to do what you got to do, but it's, it is. So anything else you have to say? Um, I'm not really. I, I think there's another thing, but I'll save that for another day. Okay. Talking about second marriages and <gasps> how it can wreck retirement and estate plans. Oh, baby. That's Big way time. too much to get that's into right. for a we minute. Can't go into that. No. no. Okay. Well, so. we are going to leave. Thank you again for listening today. And have and a wonderful, and for, yes, and for, have a wonderful holiday. Um, and happy, happy new year to everybody out there. Be safe and please be nice. Bye. Bye. Happy new year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.